talking about whether Texas is back is back after the Longhorns knocked off Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. And as Kansas heads into a bye week, the discussion around the future of head coach David Beatty has a far different tone than it did a month ago. It's October 9th. My name is Connor Tapp, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Texas defeated Oklahoma 48-45 in Dallas on Saturday, and now the Longhorns are all the way up to number 9 in the AP Top 25. So what's the ceiling now for UT in 2018? Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7 joins us now. So, Jeff, what's different about the Texas team that beat Oklahoma on October 6th compared to the one that lost to Maryland and struggled against Tulsa? Uh, you know, Connor, I think if you look at just the stretch of games between then, I, I think for this team, psychologically, uh, I think they cleared a really big hurdle when they beat TCU uh, a couple of weeks ago, not just because it was beating a ranked opponent uh, or the fact that TCU – uh, is you know traditionally one of the better teams in the Big 12. I think it's the fact the way TCU had manhandled Texas in that series, really uh, going back to Charlie Strong's first year through the Charlie Strong era, and then even last year was the worst loss in Tom Herman's first year. I think to beat TCU the way they did, 31-16, finishing off, finishing the game off with a physical drive, and then having Gary Patterson basically kind of wave the white flag with, with a punt in, in the last few minutes when TCU could have you know, potentially gone forward on a fourth down and, and tried to drive and score and, and make it a one-score game. I think to do that team cleared a big hurdle. I think with Oklahoma, if you look at, you know, even going back to Mac Brown's last year, Texas – over the last five games in this series, now six, has matched up really well with Oklahoma. Uh, I think in terms of the physicality Texas brings to the table, I think that, that kind of counteracts a little bit of what Oklahoma does. Um, so I think Oklahoma's a really good matchup for, for Texas in, in that standpoint. But I think just in terms of the product you're seeing, the way they're playing, the confidence this team has, I think it all goes back to the way they beat TCU and how good they felt coming out of that. Big production from Sam Ellinger in this game, 314 yards, two touchdowns, maybe most importantly, no turnovers. What did you walk away from this game thinking about his performance? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing we've seen from Sam Ellinger, uh, really kind of going back to the second half of the Tulsa game. I, you know, there was a drive at the end of that game. It was a 13-play drive. I think it was you know, about 70, 75 yards. Uh, but it, it was a lot of tempo stuff. He was really effective, decisive, uh, and, and they mixed in some power runs there. And not to say that a drive against Tulsa kind of turned their season around, but I think after that, uh, going into the USC game, I think that gave them some confidence. I, I thought the USC game was probably, uh, maybe even including the Oklahoma game, was the best job this staff's done since Tom Herman's been there of having a plan going in and sticking to the plan. And a lot of that was for Sam Ellinger to test USC deep. So I think that gave him some confidence. Uh, he's been careful with the football. But I think it's it's a couple things, Connor. I think it's one, Sam Ellinger's maturity and his confidence. I think it's Tom Herman's play calling, which I've been told he has pretty much taken over the play calling on offense at this point. I think the Oklahoma game, if you look at Tom Herman's offenses at Houston and when he was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, what Texas did in the Oklahoma game is more reminiscent of that than, than what we've seen through the first part of his tenure. And then I think you know the strength of the team last year was supposed to be the wide receiver group, and I think this year you're seeing that group just physically dominate opponents, whether it's Colin Johnson or Lil Jordan Humphrey, and they're able to mix Devin Duvernay in there. Andrew Beckett tight end uh, has actually given – it doesn't have the numbers of some guys do, but he's given them some really big catches. So I think it's all those things, but at the end of the day, Texas has a mature Sam Ellinger, a decisive Sam Ellinger, a confident Sam Ellinger at quarterback. And, and when you combine those other things, Texas just kind of gradually keeps getting better and better on offense each week. When we talked before the season, you seemed to think 2018 would kind of be a 
table setting season for a really big 2019. But you look at that win over Oklahoma and now the single digit ranking in the AP poll, and maybe you start to wonder, okay, so not that far off from being talked about as a college football playoff team. Is that something you think Longhorn fans can let themselves start daydreaming about, or are we still a year too early for that? I, you know, Connor, it's interesting because I was thinking about that today. I think the Texas fan base has been so jilted over wondering moments throughout the last kind of eight years, is Texas going to be back and back is kind of a relative question. Um, I think the the thing that Texas fans realize right now is this team at this time does have a legitimate shot to be in the Big 12 championship game because when you look at their schedule, they've really kind of slayed the two dragons that were in their way, you know, with getting TCU uh, in Oklahoma and even a road win over K-State. You know, Texas hadn't won in Manhattan since 2002 prior to this year. So I think getting those three games out of the way on the conference schedule, I think when you look at the way it sets up now, this was a schedule that when you looked at Texas before the year, you say, well, if they're, you know, four and two or even three and three coming out of this stretch of USC, TCU, Kansas State, Oklahoma, uh, then they were going to be in shape to maybe go in eight games in the regular season, maybe even nine, because the back half of the schedule set up really well. Now, when you look at it, uh, yeah, I think at the very least, this team is going to make a run at, at playing for the Big 12 title. Now, I tend to think, Connor, there's probably a loss, maybe two still in there, you know, a potential, you know, at the game at, at, at Texas Tech is a night game. Uh, I think that makes any Texas fan a, a little bit nervous. Uh, West Virginia is playing really, really well, and if they hold up their end of the deal, uh, you know they could come into Austin undefeated. And Texas has a they've got Baylor this weekend, a bye, and then they go to Stillwater uh, to play Oklahoma State, an opponent that, like TCU, has really dominated the series with Texas during this decade. So I think there's still some hurdles Texas has to clear, but uh, you know I, I think they've already gotten, if you want to call it that, the quote unquote tough part of their schedule out of the way and you see where it's pretty navigable for them the rest of the way all right jeff howe covers texas for horns 24 7 you can find him on twitter at jeff howe 247 thanks jeff yep anytime when jeff long took over as kansas athletics director this summer it seemed like a foregone conclusion that his first big move would be firing david Beatty at some point during the 2018 season and after a week one loss to nickel state it seemed like maybe that move could be coming at any time but from september 2nd on Things have gone about as well for Kansas as could be reasonably hoped, including back-to-back wins over Central Michigan and Rutgers, and this past weekend the Jayhawks kept it interesting well into the second half against number 6 West Virginia. So where does that leave the question of David Beatty's continued employment? Scott Chasen of Fog.net joins us now. So Scott, what has changed between that loss to Nickel State to now that this Kansas team seems to be playing pretty decently yeah well i think it starts maybe with the addition of of puka williams and i think maybe because you know you had a four-star running back a dynamic runner who had a run of i want to say 40 or more yards in each of his first maybe it was four games three or four games but uh, certainly a dynamic explosive athlete something that ku has not had cool herbert rushed for 291 yards in the game last year but he's not he's not as explosive he's not as dynamic he's not as quick and shifty and fast and so I think that's transformed the offense to an extent, but but in you know some other ways, obviously the when K got into Big Twelve play, some of those same offensive woes kind of came back up, and uh, I'm not sure that much has changed. Um, I think that first game against Nickel State, I think KU made a number of avoidable avoidable mistakes. Uh, 
you know, made a number of whether whether it be play calling gaffes, uh, switching out quarterbacks after a touchdown drive that that seemed to really disrupt the rhythm. Three fumbled snaps, five uh, five drop passes, uh, kind of uncharacteristic mistakes by KU's best players. Uh, whether whether it was that in the opener or or you know Nickel State just taking advantage of of you know whatever opportunities it got, I I really did walk away from that game thinking that KU. I mean, left a huge chance out there to, to kind of beat up on an FCF squad that they were clearly better than. So I'm not sure that much has actually changed other than the results. You mentioned Rutgers and Central Michigan, and those were probably two of the best defensive performances of the David Beatty era at KU. So uh, maybe the defense has gotten a little bit better, but as you've seen, it's, it's kind of come back down to earth here in Big 12 play. So there have been three straight losses in, in Big 12 play, but you know, some, some pretty gritty performances, some closer score lines, and I think a lot of people would have expected coming in. Is that something that has won David Beatty any currency with Kansas fans? Uh, no, uh, would be the quick answer to that. And, and maybe it should, especially West Virginia. I mean, that, that one was, it, it pretty much was a seven-point game late in the third quarter when Hassan defense intercepted or appeared to intercept what would have been, you know, his third pick of the day. Uh, there was no conclusive evidence on the replay to say one way or another, you know, whether or not it was an interception. So called incomplete on the field. West Virginia keeps possession, scores a touchdown to go up two scores. Uh, that, that was obviously a huge play. I mean, you'd be talking about Kansas having the ball, chance to tie the game going into the fourth quarter against West Virginia. Um, and I think that that does show, again, you kind of touched on it, but uh, you even think back to losing, you know, 48-28 to Oklahoma State. That, that's the type of game two years ago last year, you know, that's a 40-point blowout. That's a 50-point blowout. And, you know, you don't get congratulated for, for not losing by 40 or 50. Um, and I think at a certain point, maybe, you know, that there that would have felt like a lot of progress. But I think right now the fan base is kind of at a point where they've been so kind of starved of winning or, or consistent quarterback play or really consistent anything since the Mark Mangino era. That's now three head coaches. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much a, a stretch that's been a decade. Um, I, I think there's very little outside of wins that uh, the current staff would be able to do to kind of regain favor with, with some of those fans. But at the same time, I do think the schedule opens up a little bit. So with Beatty sticking around, perhaps there is the chance for him to uh, to kind of steal a few wins in conference play. So if, if you're looking for maybe maybe Jeff Long is going to make a decision, maybe this bye week that Kansas is on right now is a logical place to do it. It's it's a route other other athletic departments have gone in the past when they've needed to make a move with, with the week off. Uh, do you do you think something could happen this week? Or if, if, he, if he survives this week, will he be good at least through the end of the season? Yeah, I think where he's at now is he's probably safe through the end of the season. And, you know, Jeff Long kind of kind of noted that he wasn't going to comment week to week on the, the quarterbacks. One reporter actually locally, uh, Warren Journal, caught up with him and, and got, I believe, one question to him before he, he kind of ended it. But he basically seemed to indicate that, that Beatty is going to be sticking around. And I don't think that's totally surprising. Jeff Long is a very measured individual. He uh, told, I believe it's the Capital Journal in the preseason, that he doesn't see the merit typically in firing coaches at season. So I think uh, when he said that, that was an important thing to take note of. And uh, there are signs of progress uh, in just in terms of winning games and maybe the secondary being a, a lot better than it's, than it's been this tenure and having, you know, players like Corner and Eric and So I think 
all of that is kind of combined to be enough to buy him through the rest of the year. Now, after the nickel state loss, I think a lot of that was up in the air because again, uh, that was a game. If you go back and watch that uh, Kansas largely should have won, especially in the fourth quarter. And, and, you know, late in the game, nickel state made a number of mistakes, fumbling punts, committing a safety, uh, basically giving that game away to Kansas and Kansas just kind of talked it right back to them. And, and so I think at that point, it was definitely in doubt, especially if, you know, Kay had gone 0-3 in non-conference player, maybe only had one win to this point. But uh, all indications are that Jeff Long plans on keeping Beatty around through the end of the year. Um, I'm not sure there's a magic number for him to keep his job, but uh, I think it's certainly a lot higher than two. All right. Scott Chasen covers Kansas for Fog.net. That's P-H-O-G, as in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. You can find him on Twitter at Chasen Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast, so we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning with the biggest college football stories of the day wrapped up in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. You can subscribe to The Morning Blitz on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.